Hi, everybody. We are back. Central Christian College. Again, my name is Zach. Uh, and as of the beginning of January, I'm your campus pastor. Uh, and this is our chapel podcast for today, uh, Wednesday, January 20th. And through this semester, we're continuing to look at what it means to be anchored in Jesus. And specifically this semester, we're declaring this the semester of hope. Hope this feeling of expectation, this this desire for things to be a certain way, this feeling of, of trust, hope. The reality that as long as we're still breathing, there's hope, right? Now, if I was to title this podcast message, I'd say that this is, this is hope part one. And so today I want to offer a few thoughts on hope as the world sees it. And then, oh, I'm so I'm so stoked for this. And then next Monday, January 25th, we'll look at Hope Part 2 as we gather together for our first in-person chapel of the semester. Half of you will gather in person at Mac Free in the sanctuary, and the other half will meet in Greer Auditorium on campus, and we'll live stream the service from Mac Free to Greer, and you'll get more information on that in and which location you're going to go to, but I'm so, I'm so excited to be with you, to see you, to not just talk to myself at a microphone in my empty office. Now, again, for this moment, I want to offer a few thoughts on hope as the world sees it. So, so if you were to imagine two categories, if in your mind you were to picture two columns, picture one column with the title worldly hope. So hope as the world sees it. This is this is again hope as the world understands it. And then in the other column, imagine the title hope found in Jesus. So these these two columns, these two categories, they're different. There's a difference between how the world, how society as a whole defines hope and how hope is defined when we look at it in the Bible, when we look at Jesus. So during this time, I want to look together at what the Bible can teach us about how the world defines hope. Now, I don't know how you feel about the Bible. I don't know how many of you have read any of it. I don't know how many of you even care about what this book has to say. But what I'd love for you to understand is that for followers of Jesus, we believe that this book, that the Bible, that these words have something to say to us here, now, today. For, for Christians, we believe that the Bible is living and active so that these words, they mean something for us here in 2021. We believe that when God created the world, he declared it good and that this book, the Bible, it serves to remind us that God hasn't given up on the world, but that he's renewing it and restoring it, that he's He's taking it somewhere. And so when we read this book, we we begin with the question, what's happening when this was written? And what can it teach us? What can it tell us about the world that we live in now? Are you with me? Now, believe it or not, uh, there's this powerful little book towards the middle of the Bible that talks specifically about the hope that the world has to offer. It talks about hope as the world understands it understands it. The the book I'm referring to is the book of Ecclesiastes. Now, if you open a Bible, so you can kind of maybe hear my Bible right here. If you open a Bible, 
and you like aim at about the middle, you'll probably end up in the Old Testament, probably in the book of Psalms. And after Psalms is the book of Proverbs, and after Proverbs, Ecclesiastes. Now, Ecclesiastes is part of a section of the Bible known as, as wisdom literature. These writings which served as this space that taught its reader how to live. Now, a bit of a spoiler, the writer of Ecclesiastes says that essentially all of it like, is meaningless. That's the word he uses over and over is the word meaningless. In fact, the word he uses in the Hebrew language is the word hevel. He says all of it is hevel. It's meaningless. It's, it's like a, a vapor or a mist. So this book of Ecclesiastes opens with this writer talking about how by the world's standards, this, this person, this writer, they've tried it all. They have tried everything. They talk about their life experiences. And in the first chapter, they talk about how they've chased success, that, that, that they've worked hard, they've they created, they've produced and climbed the corporate ladder. And, and if you listen to my Faith Friday podcast, you might remember that, that I can relate to this. Before I came to know Jesus, this, this was the path I was on. I was in hotel management, and I was chasing success, and and like the writer of Ecclesiastes, it didn't ultimately satisfy. It was this empty hope. It was like, it was like a vapor. And then the writer moves on, and he says, he, he didn't find, he didn't find hope and success, so he moves on to pleasure, all kinds of pleasure, and he unpacks these pleasures, and first he talks about the pleasure uh, found in, in alcohol. And again, I, I get it. I get this too. I can relate. I, I had this season in my life when, where I remember waking up and not knowing where I was because I had partied too hard the night before. I remember, I remember one time waking up, laying on top of a kitchen table, not knowing how I got there. I, I experienced what the writer of Ecclesiastes experienced, what so many experience when it comes to the momentary highs of drugs and alcohol. It's a promise of hope, but it, it doesn't ultimately satisfy. It feels good in the moment, but ultimately it left me feeling empty. It wasn't, it wasn't hope. It was, it was meaningless. It was, it was hevel. It was like a vapor. The writer talks about looking for hope and success and alcohol. And then he mentions looking for hope in folly, trying to find hope in folly. Folly means like, like foolishness, like those moments of stupidity. Like, like it's my friends and I in high school wandering around Walmart and moving all of the wet floor signs to carpeted areas because we thought we were funny or, or, or tying the end of a package of fishing line to the wheel of an unsuspecting shopper's cart and then watching as they pushed and tangled fishing line all over. It, it's dumb stuff. Folly. It's not always wrong. It's not always sinful. But is there really hope in it? Folly is like, it's like candy. Like it tastes good. Like it tastes good in the moment, but it, but it has no nutritional value. It feels good, but it won't, it won't give your life purpose or meaning. Ultimately, it's it's meaningless. There's no hope. And then after folly, the author addresses the pleasure of wealth. And he says, I amassed silver and gold. I had the treasure of kings. I was, I was rolling deep. 
I could buy all the toys, whatever I wanted, I could buy it. But again, the author says, ultimately, wealth is like everything else. It doesn't, it doesn't satisfy, that there isn't any kind of hope that lasts. That this section where the author has been looking for hope and pleasure, he, he talks about looking for hope in alcohol and folly and wealth. And then in chapter 1, verse 8, he says, I sought for meaning, I sought for hope in relationships, in sex. He says he had the delights of the hearts of men. He had he had a harem, so he had some options. There are, there are few things that are as dangerous as the false hope found in a relationship. The momentary enjoyment of sex ends. Finding hope and identity in a relationship will leave you broken and empty because when the relationship ends, you realize that it was all built on sand. I was there. I was there in my own life. I remember being 18, 19, 20 years old. I remember trying to fill the void in my life, trying to find hope and sex and relationships, and it's an empty promise. The author ends this section of Ecclesiastes, and he says in chapter 2, verse 10, he said, I denied myself nothing my eyes desired. I denied myself nothing my eyes desired. I refused my heart no pleasure. He says, whatever I wanted, I got it. Whatever I wanted to do, I did it. I looked for hope in all of these places, all these different ways the world around me tells me that I'll be happy and fulfilled. The author does all of it. He seeks the kind of hope that the world offers. And, and ultimately, what he discovers, chapter 2, verse 11, he says this. He says, yet... When I surveyed all my hands had done and what I had toiled to achieve, everything was meaningless, a chasing after the wind. He says, I sought the hope in, this, in the world. I sought the hope that the world tried to offer me. And what I discovered was that all of this stuff was meaningless. It was hevel. It was, it was like trying to chase wind. I remember being a student here at Central Christian College, and I remember that then, remember this moment where then Pastor Lenny Favara, who was then the campus pastor, I remember this moment where he was talking about this passage. And I remember we were in Greer Auditorium, and, and Pastor Lenny had pulled out this huge fan. It was like a giant swamp fan like it probably honestly I'm sure it probably exists somewhere in the old gym or the maintenance building but I remember I remember Lenny turning on this fan and him explaining that chasing all of this stuff all of the ways that the world tells us tells us we'll find hope the the claims of the ways we'll find fulfillment that ultimately it will leave us empty that to try and gain hope by pursuing these things is like it's like trying to catch wind and then he invited us one by one to stand in front of this giant fan and literally try and catch the wind. I remember, I remember going and feeling this wind on my face and thinking about trying to catch it. I remember, I remember wanting to do the Star Wars thing where you're like, you talk into the fan and it makes your voice all weird. I, I remember that moment, this invitation to try to catch wind and it, it can't, it can't, you can't catch wind it slips through your fingers like a, like a mist like like vapor like 
like Hevel. So, back to the two columns that I invited you to think about at the beginning. The one column, the hope that the world offers you, and then the other column, the hope that we have in Jesus. The, the Bible, these words, again, they are living and active. The Bible shows us that the hope that the world offers, living life your way, ultimately, it won't satisfy. And the funny thing, the funny thing, Central, is that every so often, every so often it's like the curtain gets pulled back and we get a glimpse of this. Like, we know it's true. Uh, a few months ago, uh, the singer Justin Bieber released a song called Lonely. Now, I'm not really dropping an opinion one way or the other concerning the Biebs. Like, that's not that's not what I'm about. But I want you to hear as I read some of the lyrics to this song. The song Lonely by, by Justin Bieber. Some of the lyrics go like this. He says, what if you had it all but nobody to call? Maybe then you'd know me. Because I've had everything but no one's listening. And that's just lonely. I'm so lonely. Everybody knows my past, like my house was always made of glass, and maybe that's the price you pay for the money and fame at an early age, and everybody saw me sick, so lonely. Yeah. As we wrap this up, what I want you to consider, as we, as we look at the column marked hope that the world offers, what I want you to consider is that there is a difference between having and possessing. And we're going to get more into that on Monday together. But there's a difference between having and possessing. The, the hope that the world offers is this hope that's rooted in having all the stuff. You do you. Do what feels good. It's a hope that's rooted in having everything there is to have. And yet the scriptures show us, as our own experience shows us, that you can have everything. And yet at the same time, when it really comes right down to it, you still feel empty and unsatisfied, and you don't feel like there's hope. You can have everything, and yet possess nothing. And that's where I want to pick up with you in person on Monday. So let me pray for you. God, thank you for this campus. Thank you for these students. I pray that as we move through this week, that you would force us to look at the columns in our life, the hope that the world offers and the hope that you offer us in Jesus. God, help us to be honest in our own life about the things that we're chasing. Are we chasing after things that are, that are hevel, that are vapor, that are, that are wind, or are we chasing after you? God, I pray a blessing over these students. I pray that you would go with them, that you'd go before them and behind them. And I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Grace and peace. Central Christian College.